I had a thought, but right now I'm like, maybe if I just lay down in my bed. And I'm like, oh, well, this isn't a good sign. <laughs> you had a thought and you laid down in your bed. Why did you think you were going to hang on to that thought? <laughs> I had hopes and they were high. They're always higher when you're laying down because they stay right at that same level, but then you get lower. This is true. <laughs> Hey guys, here's what's coming up. Next week on March 1st, we'll be doing a book review of Spinning Silver by Naomi Novik, which was our February buddy read. We had a blast talking about it with everyone, and we hope you'll join us. Then on March 8th, we will be doing a top 10 list for our favorite villains. And now, on with the show. Welcome back to the Book Life Podcast with your host, myself, Mo, and my best friend, Abby. Tonight, we are going in a different format where we're going to have kind of an informal chat that's kind of a game, but kind of not. The game is called The Five Finger Game. Abby, can you give us a quick rundown of what that is? Sure. It's the Five Finger Challenge, and there is a different category for each one of your fingers. You have thumb, which is a book you give a thumbs up to. It's one you like. The index finger, which is a book you recommend or point to. There's the middle finger. I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> um, well, what if we have people who are listening from a different country? You might want to throw that down. Okay, so the middle finger would be a book you don't like. And no, we are not going to bring up High Fire this episode. So, ha. <laughs> And we're also not going to bring up the Nightingale and the Bear. Is that what it was called? The Bear and the Nightingale? No, I will not bring it up. Well, I'm not going to discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> and then your ring finger is a character you would marry. And your pinky is a book you promise to read. So we're going to start back with the thumb with a book we give a thumbs up to. It's a book we really like. What you got, Mo? Well... A book that I highly enjoy that I've not talked about at all is a book series that Nate introduced me to. So if you all remember, Nate is my husband. So this book is one that Nate had given me to read. And I was like, oh, this sounds good because I like Mercy Thompson. I enjoy urban fantasy. And let me tell you about this book, okay? It is a nice, robust urban fantasy featuring kick-butt female midnight shift DJ main character named Kitty. She runs a late-night advice show for the supernaturally disadvantaged, which is a raging success because most people think that her show's a host, but really, the people in the supernatural community who are supernatural know that it's not. But it's Kitty who could use some help. With one sexy werewolf hunter and a homicidal undead on her trail, Kitty may have bitten off more than she can chew. They're super short. like They're only like 250 pages, so I call these a candy read. They're funny. They're fast-paced. I would say Mercy Thompson's still better. It, they definitely got weird. Like, I remember book four got a little weird. But I feel like all urban fantasies get kind of weird when you throw in shapeshifters. <laughs> so, that is a book I give a thumbs up to. Any questions or concerns I can ask you want to ask about? How many books are in the series total? That is a good question. Thank you for asking. Let me consult the Google. Oh dear. <laughs>
One, two, three, six, nine, twelve. Twelve plus three. Fifteen. Wow. There are fifteen. Plus a short story. Like I said, I've read several of them. I believe I have read at least four. Five. Four. They're, I mean, they're good. It's another one, kind of like Mercy Thompson, where the werewolves are coming, or the supernatural community really is coming out into the open in a controlled fashion. Mm-hmm. And I like kick butt main characters. And yeah, it's, urban, it's just urban fantasy. That sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of them. So, hey, if you get into it, enjoy. If Abby, mm-hmm. what is a book you're going to give a thumbs up to tonight? The book I give a thumbs up to is called Beautiful Creatures by Cami Garcia and Margaret Stoll. And this is the first book in the Caster Chronicles. There are four total books, and I haven't read any of the others. But this first one I thought was wonderful. It's a YA that's actually told from the boy's perspective, which is not something that's very common anymore. Normally, you get that first-person girl's perspective, but this is actually the first-person boy's perspective. So, the girl is the one with the supernatural powers, and the boy is the one who's quote-unquote normal in the relationship. And it's very well written. I very much enjoyed the audiobook, because that's how I read it. And they're in Virginia, I believe. And so... Everybody had southern accents, but they were like, they were well done accents. They weren't obnoxious. (laughs) That's nice. I cannot do obnoxious accents. Oh, yes. It was very nice. So the main guy who was reading for the boy had this really nice southern drawl that was really nice to listen to, which I'm sure added to my enjoyment of this book. (laughs) But the story was fascinating and the characters felt very real. And to me, at least, none of them were obnoxious teenagers. Like, they were very much teenagers, but they weren't obnoxiously written. And so... Are you telling me there was no angst? Oh, there was plenty of angst. Okay, okay. But it wasn't obnoxiously written, which is quite a feat. And I know not everybody loved this book, but I, I thought it was great. I loved... The story, I thought the lore was fascinating. It actually had a much deeper lore than what they got into in the book. And I kind of wanted to read the second, but unfortunately, I don't even think I got through the first chapter and I like set it aside and then never came back to it. So I don't actually know how good the rest of the series is, but Mm -hmm. the first one... I definitely had a great time with and I've reread it a couple times. So it sounds good. I think I'm most intrigued that you said is for one is from a boy's perspective, which I like because I that's one thing I liked about Six of Crows so much is that we also got to have all those perspectives in there. Mm-hmm. And that they're not annoying because I really do love young adult novels, but sometimes I struggle with the teenagers because they're teenagers. Oh yes, for sure. And the fact that it was from a boy's perspective is actually what caught my interest at first. So, yeah, I thought it was a well-done novel. I'm going to tell you something else that is also important to know. If you do read the Carrie Vaughn Kitty novels, they're racier than Mercy Thompson. So, oh goodness, are they? (laughs) Just buyer beware, okay? (laughs) 
duly noted. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just need to put it out there. Like, I didn't even think about that. I was like, oh, young adults, so love. Oh, I should tell you that these have some racy moments. <laughs> I appreciate the PSA. And I don't remember when it started, but I was also just like, oh, what scene did I just read? Like, I distinctly remember one of the books had way too many people in a room without clothes on. And I was like, I just don't know if I can read any more of these books. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yeah, I think one of the other reasons I couldn't get into the second book of the series was because... The first one was complete enough within and of itself that I felt like I didn't need anything else from the relationship. Like, to me, it felt complete and I was done. So I'm pretty sure that's one of the other reasons it got set aside. So let's go ahead and move on to our index finger, a book we recommend. Mm, okay, so the one I recommend is one, so I've, I kind of cycled through a few different things. And this one I'm focusing on is one when people tell me that they like Vampire Diaries, which if you guys have seen the show is pretty popular. I love the books in high school and they're written by this author called L.J. Smith. Well, she also wrote another trilogy that gives like not as much light called the Forbidden Game Trilogy. And the first book, The Hunter, I have a quick summary of it, okay? Okay. He sold her the game, and Jenny Thornton walked out mesmerized by Julian, the gorgeous cyberpunk with electric blue eyes and frost white hair. When she and her friends open the plain white box at her boyfriend Tom's birthday party, she chills through the warning. Entering the shadow world can be deadly. Do so at your own risk. Spellbound, they piece together the rooms with their darkest nightmares. Suddenly, the game is real. They are in a house of horrors running from the shadow man himself, Julian who forces them to confront their worst nightmares or be lost in a private hell. It's Julian's game, and Jenny is the prize he's stalked for years. He'll do anything to win her as soon as she bargains desperately for her body and her soul. Okay? Okay. I love these books. I love... It's a little Jumanji-ish. It's very young adult. So the references are a little dated because they came out in the 90s, pretty much. So it's like late 90s, lots of 90s references into it. And as you get dig more into it, you start to learn that it has a lot of Norse mythology in it as well. Once you get into the chase and the kill. Mm-hmm. It's very fast paced. It's very L.J. Smith where you have, you know, main characters, usually some real nice girl. And she's attracted to the antagonist, who is a bad guy. So it's good girl, false for bad guy kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. They're always, they're like, they're like my back burner recommends. And ones I pull out for people who, you know, who like the Vampire Diaries and just want something different to read. So I am not a fan of Jumanji at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's It's one of those movies that like, terrified me as a child and so I have no happy recollections of anything Jumanji related I see so this is not a book I will be picking up I was like I highly enjoyed this book these books but that's okay you don't have to I mean they sound good but they don't sound in my wheelhouse yeah they're definitely I would say I mean they're young adults so they have a little bit of of horror you know into it Mm mm-hmm but they're definitely, I mean, they're candy novels. They're super easy to read. But yeah, 
I'm kind of sad because the original L.J. Smith Vampire Diaries, there was three, four, four of them. And now she has a ghostwriter writing her books because of the TV series. Yeah. Which disappoints me because I really like her originals. That's too bad. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is what it is. Yeah. So, how about you? What's a book you recommend? So, we have talked about this book before, but I had to be true. This is literally the book I recommend that everybody read. I need everybody in this world to read this book. (laughs) So, it's Nice Dragons Finish Last, which is the first book of the Heartstriker series by Rachel Aaron. We did a whole episode on the Heartstriker series, and it's my all-time favorite if you listen to the top ten episode. I just, I need everybody to read it. I summarize it very simply with the words futuristic urban fantasy with dragons. And that's entirely what it is. I love the world. I love the characters. And I just... (sighs) Rachel Aaron. I love Rachel Aaron so much. (laughs) I just... I really need everybody to read this. I'm constantly recommending it in the young adult and new adult groups I'm in on Facebook. When everybody ask for recommendations of what they should read next. I'm like, the Heart Strikers. Go read the Heart Strikers, please. <laughs> I say, I do admit when people want something new and unique, and I'm like, I got you. And I help them as well. I This is one I like to suggest to other people. It's such a great place to start. Right? Ugh. So, yeah. Well, I like that. And I... I think it's okay that you mentioned this book again because it is probably your all-time most recommended book you've ever given to anyone. It is, for sure. If I haven't recommended this to you yet, you need to read it. <laughs> I have read it, thankfully. Oh, I was I was talking to the people who are listening, but yes. Oh, oh, you're right. <laughs> well, everyone, we are going to wrap up our first half and we will come back. We are going to cover The Middle Finger, so a book we didn't like. Ring, a character you would marry, and Pinky, a book I promise to read. We'll see y'all in a few minutes. Talk to you in a minute, guys. This is the Novel Universe with your hostesses, Dawn and Ashley. We rate and review the newest and most buzzworthy books. We are true book club ladies that don't always agree, but we do enjoy a good book discussion. You can find the Novel Universe on Apple, Spotify, and Google, where we post new episodes twice a month. I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. And I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. So grab your favorite beverage and join our universe. Welcome back, guys. We are going to be covering the other three fingers, middle, ring, and pinky. So starting with the middle finger is a book we didn't like. Mo. Why don't you start us off? All right. So this is going to get deep, okay? Okay. I'm a huge fan of Mercedes Lackey, right? Yes. How often do I talk about her? All the time. What's my favorite book by her? Heralds of Voldemort. That's the series. My favorite book by her is... Heirs of the Queen. No, not Heirs of the Queen. That's the first one. Magic's Pawn is my favorite. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's fine. It's fine. I don't... You don't have to know everything, okay? Okay. So my favorite, so my favorite series is Heralds of Voldemort. So Mercedes Lackey took a break, okay? 
and she because she got some really bad hate mails and it broke her spirit, so she took a break from the series because people are being dicks. Y'all don't be dicks. And 2008 with a brand new basically concept and series called the Voldemort Collegium Chronicles. And I was so excited because I just graduated from high school. I had torn through all of the books. I had read every single one and there had not been a new one out for some time. I picked up the first one called Foundation. It was alright. I didn't really like it. So I picked, I also read the next one, Intrigues. I really didn't like it. Guys, when I say I don't like a uh, Mercedes Lackey book, that's bad. Like, all the characters were read like Mary Sue's. The plots were rehashed from other ones I already knew. And this was set in a time where Skiff is also in it. So, it's also when, gosh, around Arrows of the Queen. It's, it's kind of in, like, the in-between period after the Mage Wars and everything. Like, after all of that happened. And it's just, I don't like it. Like, it reads like a UA. A UA, wow. It reads like a young adult. I did not like any character. I mean, when I tell you don't read these, don't read these from her. These are these are not her best writing. Her better writing is everything that's not these books, okay? Mm-hmm. And they also don't follow the trilogy format, which are very robust. They're thick. Like, these are very short books. I feel like the plot was not well defined. It just, there was nothing. I just do not love them, and that's bad. That's bad for my favorite author when I just don't love the book she's written so much to the point that there's like four of these out, and I don't want to read them. Mm, that is really bad. Yeah, there's like, so I read these two. There's four more after them. Oof. They're not the same. They're not the same writing. They're not the same style. I mean, it's in the same world, and I like the time period that it's set in because her books, you know, they span actually a pretty wide time frame, but I just, these are not ones I recommend to read, so, so don't. It really sucks when your favorite author writes something you can't even like. And I mean, she's written some other ones I didn't quite enjoy. And that's okay. That happens. But to have two back-to-back set in my favorite universe, I was not, it was not good. I wonder if the hate mail influenced her to change how she wrote them. I don't know. I I don't know what did it. Because, I mean... If the hate mail broke her spirit enough that she stepped away from the universe completely, she might have felt like she had to change it that much in order to come back to it. Which Mm -hmm. sucks, but... That's rough. Yeah. People who send hate mail should burn with their letters. Right? Especially, like, when you break, it's, you know, a creative spirit. Like, you know, there's a time where it's okay if you don't like something that someone writes, that's fine. But to just trash them? Well, and to specifically send the author themselves that kind of mail. Like, we may trash High Fire to the heavens, but we haven't specifically sat down and written a letter or an email to Ian Colford telling him all the things we hate about it. Right. That's I'm not going to do that. Right. That's a completely across-the-line kind of thing. Like... Why would you cross that line? It's just, that's a horrible thing to do to an author, and I can't imagine doing that. I know. Trash human. Pretty much. The disappointment, it is real. 
So it is now your turn to tell me a book that you raised the middle finger to. Okay, so I tried really hard to think of one that I haven't trashed yet. <laughs> I know I've talked about Children of Blood and Bone and The Bear and the Nightingale, Pooh, and <laughs> Where'd You Go, Bernadette? But one I haven't talked about yet that I have read this year is Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? And apparently this is what the movie Blade Runner was based off of. I've never seen Blade Runner, so that is not remotely my issue. I, I don't know anything about the movie other than it's supposedly based off this book. That's all I know about it. So my complaint has nothing to do with the movie. My complaint is that I loved the first three quarters of this book. It had fantastic world building, an interesting plot. It really made me stop and think and ask questions and wonder about things in this world. And I was loving it. I was loving following the characters. And then all of a sudden you get 150 pages into this 200 page book and it becomes this convoluted mess of visions and ramblings and zero consequences for the main character's actions and no follow-up. And it was just, it was horrible. It felt like he wrote the first 150 pages of the book and then went, never mind. <laughs> like, what even happened? I don't know what happened. The ending was horrible. I didn't understand the purpose of any of it. It was just, it was terrible. And it made me so mad because up until that point, I'd been ready to give that book five stars. I loved it. I loved how thought-provoking it was. I was loving just the whole world and the plot and everything that was going on was so fascinating to me. And I think that's part of what pissed me off the most was the fact that I loved it so much and then it just, it pushed itself off the cliff of into the valley of my dislike because <laughs> what are you doing? What is going on? All of a sudden there's all this stuff going on that you're like, why? Why is this happening? What is going on? Is this actually real? Is this a vision that this character's happening? I don't know what's happening. And it was just, oh, the last quarter of that book sucked so badly. And if the book hadn't been so short, I would not have finished it. That's pretty bad. I would have just quit right there. That's how mad I was about the turn that it took. Well, and like I said before, like, and then after that, I had you read Where'd You Go, Bernadette? And I forgot about why you hated that book so much. And then I had you read Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Which had a very similar theme in it. And I was like, oh, 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 crap. Because, like, you went from a five star to a two, basically, on that one as well, for the same reason. Yep, for the exact same reason. Of course, this one, like, everything literally just snowballed after that into horribleness. Burn Where'd You Go, Bernadette? was slightly different, but still ended up at two stars at the same turning point. <laughs> it's just, yeah, everything in the last quarter of that book was just, it was a mess. It was horrible. I don't know why that crap was published. <laughs> Honestly, if I was an editor and somebody had brought that to me and that was their ending, I would have been like, maybe you should rework this again. <laughs> yeah. It literally, I mean, I have not read do androids dream of sheep but at least for where you go bernadette like i can tell you that theme was the, it just did not need to be there right and it also didn't need to be in this one at all but everything afterwards like even not dealing with that specific thing was just 
What's going on? I know. Yeah. So, yeah, I started my year off. That was the first book I finished this year, and I could not believe how horrible it was. Oh, I'm sorry. And it felt so bad because it had been on a wish list of mine for Christmas, and so my sister-in-law had gotten it for me as part of my gift, and I was just like, I feel bad that I wanted this book, and I got it as part of a gift, and I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Oh, dear. Yeah. That'll teach me not to read reviews before I put things on wish lists. It's okay. It happens. It does. All right. Shall we move on to the ring finger? Yes. I, that's a good finger. My finger yes. likes to wear diamonds. My ring finger. Yes. A character we would marry. So who would um, you marry? So this was a little bit harder for me because I'm like, well, I really don't want to marry anyone. Like, I'm quite not. Like, I was like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, who would I pick? And then I'm like, you know, if I had to pick someone out of all the people that I've read recently, I would pick Carrot from Guards Guards. Like, I love in the first, in that book, when he comes in, coming out of the Dwarven Mines, this sweet, young, naive human who's out of doors, but thinks he's a dwarf, coming into the big city thinking that he's going to change it. And I'm like, oh, you sweet thing. You sweet thing. <laughs> and then we see him mature in Men at Arms. And you're like, look at you growing into your boots. You're just so cute. You know? <laughs> yes. Like, he's just honest and upstanding. He wants to do what's right. He's whipping the guards into shape. I love every scene that he's featuring in, in the books. Like, they're just, just well-written. They're just funny. Karen is a good choice. He would definitely make good husband material. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was like, I was like, man, this is really hard. And I'm like, mm, I would pick Carrot. He's my kind of person. <laughs> I can see that. All right. Well, that's who my ring finger character would be. Tell me more about one of yours. Well, or just one, not all of them. You know what I mean? <laughs> so this is the hardest category for you. This was the easiest one for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Like, this is actually the one I skipped down to to fill in first in our notes. <laughs> so I have a very, very big weakness for the scary teddy bears. Hmm. Like, I had no idea. What? Oh, my God. Uh, that is my Achilles heel of character types. And the very first one that really got me. And is always the first one I think of when I think of a scary teddy bear is Charles Cornick from the Mercyverse. I just, I adore Charles so much. And he's always been my favorite character in the Mercyverse, even before he had his own series. And he was just like one of the little background characters that popped up occasionally. He was my favorite. It, I'm pretty sure it was like the air of mystery around him that kind of drew me to him at first. But I just loved him the more he showed up. Mm-hmm. I love his quiet strength and the way he protects everyone around him and how he's automatically the one people look to to be in charge, but he also isn't afraid to let others lead when he knows that they have expertise that he doesn't. It just, I love him so much. And he he's such respect for other people, especially other women. It just, 
He's a beautiful person. He is. I <laughs> like Charles. I have always liked Charles. Ugh, Charles just makes me so happy. I was so thrilled when he got his own series. And <laughs> You're like, thank you, thank you. I know. I was like, yes. Any character you could have picked out of the Mercy verse and you chose the exact correct one. Good job, Patricia Briggs. <laughs> you were pleased with this. I was incredibly pleased. <laughs> like, the little short story of him and Anna is probably my one of my top three favorite books in the Mercy verse. They just, yep. I'd marry Charles in a heartbeat. Provided, of course, that I was not married and neither was he. <laughs> yeah, that's a good distinction. Good job. All right. So, Pinky, a book that we promised to read. Uh, you know I have how many of these I have on my list? Yes, so, I have a lot too, but you had to pick one. <laughs> I know. So, for me, I this was very intrinsic because I was like, okay, I have had this book called S by J.J. Abrams for gosh how I don't know like five years now and it's such an interesting concept because it's a story within a story and you unfold all these pieces interactive it has props that come in with it like a a crypto cryptic thing you know how you decipher codes whatever you call it and it's so rich the only thing I struggle with is that the book the the base book itself the story is kind of modeled off of like Ernest Hemingway kind of style story. And I have a difficulty getting into non-modern literature. So you have to read, you have to read the story within the story. And there's a story within the margins. And they talk a lot about stuff going on back and forth. And there's different color blocks that signify different time periods. And man, like there's a whole community around this book about the different ways you can read it the different way to interpret it. And it's just like this huge mystery that you get to walk with these two main characters together while you figure out, you know, what's going on, you know, around this author, around this book, around the story. And you're trying to solve it with them. I love it. But I, I'm struggling to get through the base story and to read 10 pages takes me like 30 minutes. And it's like a 500 page book. So, my goal is to finish it by the end of the year, and I promise I'm going to finish it because it's 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 just so cool that I can't not finish it. It sounds really intriguing, and I think I want to try to read it after you finish it finally. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that sounds so. It's like it's an interactive mystery, basically. Yes. Yep, that would take me a long time to get through too. <laughs> And the problem is, like, you can only read it when you can focus on it, when no one is around you. Well, yeah, because you're trying to piece together clues and stuff, so. Yes. Oof. Good luck getting through that by the end of the year. I'm going to die. It's January. I can do it. You can. I have faith in you. Yes, right, you do. <laughs> All right, Abby. Wrap us up. Bring us in into your pinky. Okay. The book I have for this one is Magic, spelled M-A-G-Y-K, which is the first book in the Septimus Heap series by Angie Sage. This book has been on my TBR for literal years at this point. I keep wanting to read it. I own the physical copy, and it's sitting on my dresser staring at me. 
and then other books get in the way. But I swear, by my pretty floral bonnet, I will read it eventually at some point. <laughs> it's one of those books that I like, I've been told it's good. I want to read it. I even own it. And it just keeps getting pushed off further and further down my TBR, you know? I know. I understand. These were really good books, though. I love that book. I've read at least two more of them. I have some on my shelving as well. I think I have at least, at least four of them. I think there's five altogether. Like, mm-hmm. Abby, I promise they're really good books. And they're fun, fast. These are like fifth or sixth grade young adult. Yeah, and I mean, I know. I know they're good books. I know you keep telling me that. And I entirely believe you. That's why I actually bought the book instead of just like, trying to borrow it from the library or something but I keep getting told I need to read these other books first yeah I have someone in my life that keeps doing that to me it's like we keep doing that to each other Uh, what have I told you to read lately excuse me excuse me dragons don't eat meat oh that's really good how do you like it I'm enjoying it so far I forgot about that one okay listen not fair and then I have to read warp Hey, it was a free book I gave you that we both could read together. I know, I'm just saying. Like, it keeps getting pushed down on my TBR because (sighs) I'm not the only one telling my partner to read certain books, okay? You think? Really? I know. (laughs) I think it's you who's making us, you know, do this. Oh, yes, entirely. You haven't suggested a single book to me. I truly haven't. (laughs) Lies. All lies. (sighs) Whatever. (laughs) All right, everyone. That is our game. Not the five-finger game. What'd you call it? Five-finger challenge. The five-finger challenge. We hope you enjoyed. We hope that you partake in one of these with some of your friends because it was fun. And we got to talk about different books that we haven't talked about at all, except for one book well i did talk about s and scars scars and mercy okay we mentioned some new books guys okay we tried we tried to mention some different books this time (laughs) well i think we managed pretty well all right well you all have a great night and we'll talk to you later we'll talk to you next week guys bye if you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love drop us a rating on the app you use or share the episode post on your preferred social media everything helps For a list of the books we talked about today, visit our community page on Facebook at The Book Life Podcast and search under Files. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the same name. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by Katie Benoit from her album Dominique. You can find Katie on Instagram at K-T-B-E-N-O-I-T and on Spotify under her name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.